Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800 247 3051. 800 247 3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Okay, so let's turn now in Genesis chapter 32, verse 24, as we begin, and uh, we'll get ready to start here, verse 24, Genesis 32. Let's pray. Father, children, that's who we are this morning, your children. You're our Father, and Lord, we look to you now as our Father to teach us in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis 32, verse 24, Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, what is thy name? He said, Jacob. He said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men and hast prevailed. Jacob asked him and said, tell me, I pray thee thy name. He said, wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of that place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And as he passed over Peniel, the sun rose upon him, and he halted upon his thigh. Therefore the children of Israel eat not of the sinew which shrank, which is upon the hollow of the thigh unto this day, because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh and the sinew that shrank. Now, this chapter, chapter 32, is the most important chapter in Jacob's life. I mean, Jacob emerges from this chapter as a different person, with a great change that's happened. It's all starting now in this verse 24, where it says, and Jacob was left alone. And last week, we talked about one aspect of Jacob being left alone, which was the great value in our lives of getting alone with God of getting along with God and letting God change us as he changed Jacob. And getting along with God is absolutely vital to our Christian life. But that's us. But in order for us to see the great change that happened to Jacob in this chapter, with these words that start off when Jacob was left alone, we have to see what that phrase means before he went through this change, before he met God. And just think now the words, Jacob was left alone. And think about putting this on there. Jacob was left alone first with himself. And what words, what are the words that we could use to describe Jacob's condition? Jacob's condition in verse 24 when it says Jacob was left alone. What words would we use to describe Jacob's feelings, how Jacob felt as he came into verse 24? I mean, how does Jacob feel as he's coming into verse 24? Well, one word we can use for Jacob in this condition is sad. Jacob feels sad. He's sad with the fact 
that it looks like this is going to be his last night to be alive. Because he hears that Esau's coming and he assumes Esau's for the big slaughter. But really, when you look at Jacob's life in entirety here from this point backwards, it's just sadness. It's just one sadness after another. And the happiness that he has had has been kind of short-lived as another sadness, just like a wave rolls over Jacob. That's one word, sad. Another word we can use to describe Jacob is hopeless. Jacob's making plans for, he's hoping that possibly half of his family can be spared the slaughter. That's a pretty hopeless state. He, Jacob feels hopeless. Jacob has done some pretty shady things in his background, pretty sketchy. And, and so that leaves Jacob, he, I mean, he's lied, he's deceived his father. I mean, these are sins that have left Jacob feeling dirty, defiled on the inside. And, and then Jacob feels guilty over that. I mean, he feels guilty for his lies and his deceit. Jacob feels guilty. And Jacob, Jacob feels rejected, rejected. He's been rejected out of his own home. He's had to flee for his life. His father has, has sent him a, off to get a, get a wife. His mother has sent him away to go save his life. And now he's been rejected out of his new home with Laban. He's tried for 20 years to make a, to become a part of his sons and his, Laban's sons. They reject him. He feels rejected. Jacob despised. Jacob feels despised by Esau and by Laban and by Laban's sons. And, and Jacob, Jacob feels alienated, alienated, alienated from his own home, alienated from Laban's home. He just feels like he doesn't belong anywhere. Nobody wants him. And Jacob feels lonely. He's left all alone right here. He feels lonely. I mean, throughout his life, really, Jacob has been on his own. His father said, ah, he's the son that I don't really care for. Esau's better. And he started off, he marries he gets married, he ends up with two, marrying two sisters that hate each other, creates his home as a war zone, and so he's lonely in the middle of all these people. And, he, and he has, he has, Jacob has no one to be close to, he has really no friend, he has no one to confide in, no one to commiserate with, he's just lonely, he feels lonely. And then Jacob feels abandoned, abandoned is the word, abandoned, abandoned by, by the most important person in his life, which was Mama. Mama Rebecca. Jacob relied on Rebecca. He relied on her for guidance in life, for direction in his life. Jacob's mother was the most predominant person, predominant figure in his life. And Jacob feels abandoned when she sent him out of the house and then blamed him solely for what he did to Esau. And she never accepted any of the blame for the scheme that she devised against Esau. She directed it, she executed it, but no, go away until Esau forgets what you did to him. So he hasn't seen his mother for 20 years and he feels abandoned. His mother's like dead to him. And his mother, and he said, like, well, okay, maybe I'll get a, a replacement for my mother in, in, my, in her brother's house and Uncle Laban. Farthest thing from that, abandoned. He's just suffering from feelings of abandonment. And then Jacob feels vulnerable here, vulnerable. I mean, from the moment that Jacob was, had to leave his house and he's out there in the desert all alone, he's felt vulnerable. I mean, Jacob felt vulnerable out in the desert taking care of Laban's sheep. I mean, taking care of his sheep, that was so foreign to Jacob. I mean, taking care of animals, that's not Jacob. Jacob's place was in the tents. 
Jacob's place was in the kitchen with his mother. You know, if Jacob, <laughs> I wrote a song, it's a joke. It's a, it's a song about Jacob as a shepherd. Okay, this is just a joke. Said he, I'm scared, this is so absurd that it's made my attitude bluish. Said he, I don't want to be a shepherd. That's no job for a boy who is Jewish. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) All right, back to serious things. Okay, condemned. He feels condemned because Esau condemned him from stealing his birthright. Laban condemned him for stealing his cattle, his idols. He's not really sure if his father condemned him. And then he feels grieved, grieved. Jacob feels grieved in his heart as he sees soon the death of everything he's worked for in his life. Everything that Jacob has worked for seems to go up in smoke and he's about to be slaughtered. He's he's just grieved. And then he's restless. Jacob feels restless. He has no peace. We saw in verse 21, he tries to go to sleep and then he can't sleep. In the next verse, he's up. Verse 22. And hatred. Jacob feels hatred. He feels hated by Esau, by Laban. He feels afraid for the future. He's fearful of the future. He just feels afraid for his future. When Jacob was living at home, Jacob knew that he wasn't his father's favorite son, and that made him afraid of what was going to happen to him in the future, especially tonight. Jacob has no assurance that everything's going to be all right. And insecure, Jacob feels insecure. As a matter of fact, if there's one word that Jacob would choose to describe himself, he would just say, just color me insecure. And then Jacob feels separated. He's separated. He feels like a ship at sea trying to find a harbor that'll receive him, you know, and no one wants him. And he's just separated from his family. He's separated from his uncle's family. These are all real feelings that Jacob was feeling. And this is Jacob's condition in life. This is Jacob's condition in life. So if we were to take some scotch tape and say, okay, we'll put Jacob right out here. No, in the Indian Ocean is where we'll put him. There he is. That's his condition. See? His condition's like that. All those words to describe Jacob. This is the condition when he's in this place here. Chapter 32. See him? All there. Sad, hopeless, dirty, guilty, rejected, despised, alienated, lonely, abandoned, vulnerable, condemned grieved, restless, hated, fearful of the future. He's insecure. He's he's separated. That's really, that's how he is now, but that's really how he's been all of his life. That's how he felt when he went to that well and he found Rachel and kissed her. These are just conditions of Jacob. These are the conditions here. And so all of these conditions made him have the need He needed joy and hope and cleansing and forgiveness and acceptance. And he wanted to feel wanted. He wanted to feel adopted. He wanted to feel companionship and that he was not going to be forsaken. And he wanted to feel protected and somehow justified and comforted. He needed peace. He wanted to be loved. He wanted to have some confidence of the future. He wanted to feel secure. And he wanted a community to be a part of. See, this is his condition. This are his needs. These are the needs that he came and he came with when he found Rachel. And he said, oh, now, this girl, girl of my dreams, I just met her. 
and she's going to take care of all my needs. See, think of this like a big bag, you know, that he's coming, and he finds Rachel, and he says, here, take my bag and fix me. So he goes and he finds Rachel, and that just doesn't work out well. When any man comes with a bag of needs and puts it on a woman and a relationship and says, now, this is me and this is my need, so fix me, that just inevitably, as it did in his case, result in tension, in him being disappointed, and him being frustrated. This is his life. This is the life of Jacob. But what's happening here, and the great news is, is that in this chapter, it's all going to change, because now Jacob is going to go to God. Jacob is going to be forced to God, and with all of his needs, he's going to find all these needs met, and that's going to bring Jacob calmness and satisfaction and contentment. That's what's happening in this chapter. This chapter is where Jacob will look to God to meet all these needs, and this is going to result in what he's always been looking for. You know, when I was in high school and when I was in junior high and high school, I had two best friends. We were three. We were the three Jewish musketeers. (laughs) We did everything together. You know, that's what we were. And then I got sent off to boarding school in Switzerland and never had contact again. Well, recently, after 50 years of not seeing each other, after over 50 years, I reconnected with one of my best friends last week. We got together again and found out we both were married. He said he found the only girl that was Jewish in Pasadena. (laughs) I said, well, I found the only girl that wasn't Jewish in my circle. (laughs) Anyway, we both lost our wives to cancer. And the question was, we were talking about whether or not we were going to get married again. We were just having fun like we were back in junior high and high school again, you know, clowning around, that's what we do, you know, did. I mean, you know, the waitress comes to the restaurant and I said, you know, look at us, two guys over 60 that can't find a job, you know, <laughs> he's a lawyer. Anyway, just clowning around. But, you know, but, but the question came whether or not we are going to get married again. And when I told him I didn't feel the need to get married again, he wanted to know why. And so at the restaurant, I drew that on a back napkin and told him, you know, when I was 15, I had all those needs. I had all those needs. And they only intensified and got stronger and stronger as I got sent off to boarding school. And let me tell you, there's another place where a boy that's Jewish should not be found, and that's in a boarding school in French part of Switzerland where all your teachers are from Libya and Morocco <laughs> and Algeria, you know, that during the Six-Day War, they want Jewish blood. Anyway, so I told them how I brought all of these needs into the marriage and stressed the relationship because only God can meet those needs. And to expect a relationship to meet those needs is going to result in Jacob's outcome. And then I explained that in the first year of our marriage that I met God. And at first it was, oh, hello, God. You know, you, you know don't really know him real well. And that was like Jacob meeting God at Bethel. It was also religious. And then as time went on, the religious became real. And then the real became vital. And that's why I don't feel the need to get married again. But this is what's happening here to Jacob in chapter 32. When Jacob met God in chapter 28 at Bethel, it was so religious. But here in this chapter, the religious is being transformed to real and that to vital. And it all changed for Jacob as he met this man 
in verse 24. And discovering who this man is made all the difference in the world to Jacob. Because in verse 24, the text just calls him a man, ish, just a man. But in Hosea chapter 12, verse 4, he's called an angel. Hosea 12, 4. Yea, he had power over the angel, prevailed. He wept, made supplication unto him. He found him in Bethel, and there he spake with us. The Hebrew word for angel, as we've seen before, is malach, and that word means a messenger or an ambassador. So first, Jacob sees this person, he just sees a man. Then he understands this person is a messenger or an ambassador for God. And finally, the end of this chapter in verse 30, Jacob understands and calls this person, this is none other than God. So we saw how this person, this man, wrestles with Jacob. Jacob thought, boy, he thought to himself, you know, I thought I had all the problems. I thought my adversary was Esau. But now I'm not fighting with Esau. I'm fighting with this man. And he learns that, boy, my real adversary right now is not Esau. My real adversary is this man who's wrestling with me. So he learns, Jacob learns that before he can overcome his problem with Esau, he's got to first overcome this man who is God. And at the end of Jacob's life, Jacob credits this person who Jacob calls an angel as the one who redeemed him in Genesis 48, 16. He says, the angel which redeemed me from all evil. So that means that this person who Jacob is calling this angel is actually the angel of deliverance. So what Jacob's doing here in chapter 32, he's wrestling with the angel of his deliverance. He's wrestling with the, with the only person who could deliver him. And the big question, the big question in this chapter is, what are they wrestling over? What is the conflict? The wrestling in this chapter is over where Jacob is going to rest his faith, where Jacob is going to put his confidence. Will Jacob rest his faith in his own power as he has, in his own experience as he has going forward, Or will Jacob rest his faith in something new which is going to come in this chapter, which is a new, living, intimately personal relationship with God? And, I mean, I see this wrestling or this struggle in the Orthodox Jewish people as descendants of Jacob. And the question on the table is, will the Orthodox Jewish descendants of Jacob rest their faith in traditions and commandments, or will the Jewish Orthodox descendants of Jacob rest their faith in a new, living, and intimately personal relationship with God? Because that's what's happening here. The wrestling for Jacob is vital because it's going to result in a new birth for Jacob. The wrestling is vital for Jacob because it's going to result in a, a new entire surrender to God. The wrestling is vital for Jacob because it's going to result in a new self-realization for Jacob where Jacob will realize and see himself as nothing. He'll see his own nothingness. The wrestling is vital for Jacob because it's going to result in a new God realization for Jacob where Jacob is going to see that God is sufficient for all of his needs. And at the end of this vital wrestling here, This new birth, so to speak, is symbolized in verse 31. In verse 31, where it says, And as he passed over Penuel, 
the sun rose upon him and he halted upon his thigh. I mean, why does it say that? The sun rose upon him. For meaning, it's a very important phrase in verse 31, the sun rose upon him. Why? Because that phrase symbolizes this new birth for Jacob that he's experienced at the end of this wrestling. You know, just as a baby is born on his first morning, we say to the baby, good first morning, baby. You know, this is the first day of your life. And in verse 31, with these words, the sun rose upon Jacob, we can say, good first morning, Jacob. This is the first day of your new life. Now, we read in this chapter one of the most amazing statements in the Bible, and it's in verse 25, when it says, and when he saw that he prevailed not against him, touched the hollow of his thigh, and hollow of his thigh was out of joint, okay. So, you know, we read something like this. You can't just read some of this gloss over it. You gotta stop and say, let me get this straight. When God saw that he prevailed not against Jacob, let me understand this. When Almighty God saw that he could not prevail against Jacob, that just raises a lot of questions. How could the Almighty God not win in the wrestling match with Jacob? How could the Almighty God be found in a wrestling match with Jacob, much less whether to win it or not? These are really important questions because they bring out really important truths for us that we need to let sink deep into our hearts And it's all about this God condescension. God condescended to get in an all-night wrestling match with Jacob. God condescended to allow Jacob to win the wrestling match. Those are important truths that sink deep into our hearts because they really reveal to us who God really is. Who's God? So now, as if it wasn't shocking enough for us to see God wrestling all night with Jacob, and not being able to prevail against Jacob. Now we read in verse 25, and when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with them. So during the wrestling match, this God-man, who he reaches down and he touches the hollow or the socket of Jacob's thigh. I mean, he reaches down, he just touches it. He touches the point where the femur goes into the the hip, the thigh, and he puts Jacob's femur out of joint. It doesn't say he hit the socket. The Hebrew word here is very specific in its meaning. It's the word naga, and it's the same word, naga, is the same word that's used in Zechariah 2.8, where it says, for thus saith the Lord of hosts, after the glory has sent me unto the nations which spoiled you, for he that toucheth you toucheth the apple of his eye. He that, naga, he that toucheth, naga, toucheth the apple. How hard do you have to touch an eye before it winces? <laughs> you know, not at all. You just have to just ever so gently touch it. All God has to do is just, had to do it, just, just, just touch it, and it went, it was out of joint. David said there was great destruction when God touched something, he says in Psalm 104, 32, he looketh on the earth and it trembleth. He toucheth, naga, the hills, and they smoke. And Psalm 144, 5, Psalm 144, 5, bow the heavens, O Lord, and come down. Touch, naga, the mountains, and they shall smoke. And 
another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Now, Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org, or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E. Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor, founder of Israel Restoration Ministries and our Bible teacher on the Friendship with God radio program, has created the Friendship with God Study and Reference Bible. It's a King James Study and Reference Bible with over 2,200 total pages, 13 and a half point large font, and has over 600 pages of Bible helps and resources. It has Hebrew root notations in the Old Testament and over 30,000 Bible column and inline scripture references. It also includes daily bread reading notations, a tour of the Bible scripture journey, 12 custom-made full-color maps, and a full-color nine-page History of Israel timeline map. Not to mention incredible concordance and the most popular Bible scripture references section, Bible reference help section, and hundreds and hundreds of other personalized pages from Tom Cantor to grow your friendship with God. It's printed on Finland thin paper printing technology and covered in a black lambskin leather cover with gold lettering. To order your Friendship with God study and reference Bible, go to our homepage on friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org.